Welcome to I Hope I Can Make It Through a Degrassi Viewing Podcast. I'm your veteran, Donnie. I'm your cut for time neophyte, Frank. And today we're taking a look at Season 3 Deleted Scenes. Woohoo. Um, reasoning behind it is because basically we want to take it easy as we go into the new year. Figuring 2020 we can start fresh and really make sure that we are giving the best treatment of Season 5. So we're just kind of hanging out, you know, taking a trip down memory lane. Um, Donnie is taking a much-needed vacation at the end of this month. I am. I'm going to be spending the holidays, as in Christmas Eve through New Year's Day, with friend of the show Jazz, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. So we are just like, screw it, Saturday, let's just record a whole bunch. So we're taking a look at these deleted scenes. We're not going to look at every deleted scene from season three, because there's actually a surprising amount. So we're kind of going through half of the season, and then at another point we'll do the part two of this. Um, but yeah, this one, these collected collections of deleted scenes are kind of interesting because I think that they, a couple of them change the context of the episode. Yeah. Like, they actually feel like something worth talking about, as opposed to sometimes where it's like, let's just do something weird at a different angle. Yeah. So there are some deeper implications to some of these, which I think are kind of interesting to unpack. Yeah. So let's take a look at the first ones. There's a whole bunch from Father Figure. So let's take a look at that one first. Um, this one is uh, Manny and Emma are walking down the hall. And Emma's complaining that, like, this is um, after Emma's moved down to the basement to, yes, to like, make room for baby Jack. Yeah. And she's like, this is his baby and I'm his kid too. So why am I not getting, like, special treatment as well? And and Manny's really funny because Manny's initial question is, you should join the drama club. And then Emma goes on this thing, and then later she's like, maybe I should join the drama club. Holy shit, continuity of season four. It was, it's pretty amusing. Um, but it, it, was, it was a pretty good one. Um, the second one is called... But, oh. Sorry, like, at this point it's always nice just to see a scene with those two just being friends. It's, it's nice, and it's also nice to see Emma be self-aware, which I feel like she never is. Yeah. She's never self-aware. We never get to see anything like that. So it's, like, really refreshing in that sense as well to see her just be like, hey, I'm going to laugh at myself. <laughs> I'm being kind of a jerk. You're right. Like, you're right. I am being a dingle. <laughs> I like that term. <laughs> I love that term, too. I'm being a dingle. It's my favorite term. Yeah. Um... So, the next one is called Mushy Talk, and it's not very much. It's Emma kind of pushing papers, and in the background, <laughs> Ashley and Craig are fawning over each other. It's the classic, like, I like your hair. No, I like your hair. <laughs> that type of stuff. And I'm sure Emma's feeling what I am, the, like, overwhelming urge to vom. It's pretty funny, though. Um, the next one is called Failing English. This one is Spinner talking about how he failed English. Um, and Marco is trying to make him feel better by being like, hey, my dad failed English twice. And Spinner's like, your dad is a fucking immigrant from Italy who didn't know English when he got here. I don't know how this is supposed to make me feel better. <laughs> Once again, nice to see these two just being friends without, like, Spinner being an asshole. Right. It's, I feel like so many friendships became very bogged down in season four. Mm -hmm. And I think that some of it had to do with some of the tensions that started in season three. I don't think season three is, like, purely just, like, oh, let's look at these friendships. But 
I feel like season three, there was a lot more of these friendships still around. Yeah. And now, now like, a lot of tension is fractured. And I, I think this is also, we talked a little bit about this during our season four wrap-up, where it's like, friendship is just not a priority anymore of the show. And it's kind of a shame, because I feel like, one, the friendships was a strength of the show. Um, two, I also feel as though it's, it's not every single teenager actively dates Mm -hmm. but every teenager is either trying to make friends or has friends what's like for me like i know it's not like probably everybody's experience but for me when i was growing up my sister always made sure i understood that friendship those were the my most important relationships in my life and that, like, romantic relationships should always kind of come second to those. Because your friends are going to be the one, like, those are the sh- stronger bonds, in a way, where, like, a romantic relationship, you guys could break up, and that that's kind of it. But no matter what, your friends are going to be there for you. Right. It's, it's, not only is it that friendship is significant, but also it's just, like, even outside of the long-standing loyalty of friendship, I think that teenage friendship... It's a very specific type of experience because, one, you will take a bullet for these people, even if they do not treat you well. And two, I think that there's so much... But I feel like also teenage friendship just has so much... There's so much potential for, like, fraught stuff. And I feel like a lot of the things that people want to talk about in romantic relationship plot lines, you can also do in friendships. For example, jealousy and pettiness and feeling replaced and like all of those types of emotions or moving on to someone else like you can do all of that within a platonic context and it it can be just as devastating oh yeah definitely so like i feel like season three there were in all the seasons prior had a lot of that type of of that tension and it was really compelling and it's it's kind of a shame that we've strayed away from it yeah but um we're now we'll move on to here to help you this one is kind of a take-it-or-leave-it scene for me. It's Spike with Shane. Shane is touching her hair and says it's nice to see her and notes how Emma is doing well, but, like, she still needs help being raised. So he says that he's there to help out, and Spike's like, you don't have to do that. Yeah, I mean, if you want our opinions on this, go listen to our Father's Figure episodes. I don't really have anything to add past that. Yeah, yeah. Um, next is Paige's gift to Spinner. This one I was amused by. <laughs> um, Paige comments that, like, she had made Spinner an awesome disc, but she got angry at him and had Dylan run it over about six... With, I'm sorry. With a minivan. It's about six times. Do not forget the minivan detail, because that's when I truly lost my mind. I was like, yes! I just imagined her, like, him, like, leaning out of the window. I was like, again? And she goes, again! <laughs> like, it's <laughs> so good. But then Spinner asks for a kiss, and she gives him a kiss. All right. She want, he wants a kiss Yeah. So, she gives him the kiss Yeah. Um... So, yeah, it's pretty whatever, but the image of the uh, fucking Michael Chuck siblings coming together over this this is, like, really good for me. That's the kind of content I want to see. You look like Hal. Good. (laughs) 
<laughs> God damn it. Okay. So listeners, because listeners may not follow me on social media, I have dyed my hair bright yellow. Not blonde, yellow. Over the course of the week that I have had yellow hair, I've been told I look like the following. I've been told I look like Goku. I've been told related I look like I am going Super Saiyan. I have been told I look like Dimitri Fire Emblem. Twice within 48 hours, which made me want to die. Hi, I'm Dimitri Fire Emblem. Hi, it's me, Dimitri Fire Emblem. What, you want me to say bladed? We don't know what you're talking about when I say bladed, but we all know what I'm talking about when I say Dimitri Fire Emblem. Um, I was told I look like Bakugo by multiple children. So, I work in middle school, and every fucking kid feels the need to go up to me and say, I look like Bakugo. Great. Awesome. Um, and... Frank said I looked like Draco Malfoy. Did initially. I? Yes, you did. I think... I mean, I meant it as a compliment. I'm just saying, I'm just listing all the characters I've been referred to as, and now I look like Hal. Because well, I also have a, I also have like a, I'm wearing one of Frank's jackets as like, kind of like a little cloaky thing, kind of like what, what he rocked. Yeah, well, I mean, it's also because you're wearing a white shirt and black pants is what Hal wore. It's true. With his big thing. I also said that Donnie could probably cosplay All Might pretty well, because it's like, it's just a perfect color for that. It is. It's very All Might yellow. Basically, I look like every blonde, like every yellow-haired anime character right now. It's uh, it's it's a real moment. I, I've re I've rewatched the first few episodes of My Hero Academia twice at this point, and I do have to say that if I was All Might, I'd be doing the same shit, but like ten times over, just popping into places, be like, "I'm here." <laughs> see, see, this is this is why we work as co-hosts because you are like the All Might, and I am obviously the Aizawa, just being like, "God fucking damn it, I just want you all to be safe, but I want to sleep. Fuck you." <laughs> Yeah, I, I, we watched his first teaching episode. I was like, God damn it, he's such a good teacher. I'm actually rewatching the series with uh, my anime club because now I run an anime club because that's that's what my life <laughs> is, um, and it is a lot of fun watching it with the kiddos because it's like I, I got kids watching it for the first time. However, those kids are also the ones who keep calling me Bakugo. So, huh. I mean, to be fair, Bakugo is third in his class. He is third in his class. I don't dislike Bakugo. I should be clear, I don't dislike Bakugo. But when your whole entire brand for since 2016 has been modeled around Aizawa, and you get told you look like Bakugo, you're like, oh my god. Fair enough. Anyway. It's weird. Uh, so, let's go to You Got the Look deleted scenes. So, the first one's called Tell Joey to Butt Out. Um, honestly, a lot of the deleted scenes from You Got the Look have to do with the B-plot, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, so, in this one, Craig... Walks in on Spinner singing the Zit Remedy song, um, but changing the lyrics, talking about how much it sucks. Um, and Craig says that they need to get a new rehearsal space. Now, what is interesting to me, and definitely made my ears burn a little bit, was that during the discussion of how they need a new rehearsal space, Marco offers his place, and Spinner says that it just smells like garlic and prosciutto. And personally, I'm like, ah, oh, so it smells like perfection. I mean, yes, but I was like, what the fuck, Spinner? Is there, like, anybody who is safe from your hateful comments? Oh, uh, the Chinese, because of his sister. R.I.P. Kendra. Yeah. I miss our, our anime jock. I truly miss her. Wait, what the fuck? Yo, I'm on the Degrassi wiki, and it says that Spinner's dad is dead. And I don't remember that ever being established at this point in our rewatch. 
Well, he doesn't talk about his parents at all. Well, his mom appeared once. Yeah. Which doesn't inherently mean that your dad is dead. But it says here he's dead. I mean, maybe he dies later in the series. Maybe. Because, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, as always, I'm not trying to disparage one parent families. But I, I don't know that much about the adoption, like, you know, process. But I don't think they're going to really adopt a kid out to a one parent family. Unless I'm being ignorant. Well, excuse me if I am. I'm not certain. Because it, it hinges on, like, what kind of agency you're using, doing and yeah. stuff like that. So. I don't know. I I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's it's a weird little continuity thing. Because I also feel like this happens similarly to JT. Where J, JT has, like, parents in the beginning of the series. And then toward the end of the, uh, t- toward the end of the series, he, like, only has his grandmother. Mm-hmm. I think it might be just one of those things where, like, over time it kind of morphed a little bit. And maybe wasn't the intention at the beginning, but then at, toward another point in the series, they, they changed gears a certain way. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, anyway. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, so they vote to stay in Craig's garage, and that's basically what you need to get away from that one. Um, anyway, the next scene is called No One Wants to Join. And this one I actually kind of liked because I remember in the episode kind of sitting there and going, like, Ashley's apparently in this club, but she doesn't really seem to be doing very much within the episode itself. And I understand, like, you know, okay, this is actually a... has to spotlight the tension with Emma and Manny. But this um, actually showed Ashley and Emma trying to attract interest in the environmental club that they set up. Um... And they approach, they like, Terry's passing by, and they approach her, and they try to get her into the club. She's like, uh, I might be busy. I might be busy. I'll let you know. Classic. <laughs> um, what, so if a, uh, if a Canadian tuxedo is jean jacket and jeans, can we say this is a, t- a Canadian ball gown? Because she's wearing a jean jacket and jean skirt. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, excuse you. Britney Spears wore, wore a... Uh, Canadian ball gown. I'm not saying it's not a good look. I'm just saying I want to call it that from now on. I want to be a trendsetter and make a term. Fair enough. I just think of Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake's denim looks. I really connected with some of my coworkers because, like, we all started talking about how shitty Britney Spears got treated and how much we're just like, man, fuck everybody who said she was crazy. I mean, <laughs> she is mentally ill, but she's... But, like... She, she shouldn't have been treated like garbage when she was clearly, like, yeah. in need of support. Anyway, I'm just looking at her fucking denim dress. Magnificent. God, I love this look. I mean, it's very good. It's so fucking good. The de- the one pop... Bop, the one pop... <laughs> the, <laughs> the one problem is the denim cowboy hat. <laughs> I mean, perhaps, And the sunglasses. And the Justin Timberlake. Just throw the whole man out. Um... God, I love her. I love Britney Spears. And it's like she's really supportive of her sons who are huge oh, anime nerds. I love how much she loves her sons. It's so good. I can't believe how old they are now. I can't believe time passes. I can't believe I have a corporeal form. My favorite part is that um, Eminem is really reaping what he sowed because his daughter Haley is now a very like beautiful young woman who is now uh, dating men who grew up listening to his music, and he's just like, 
Oh shit. <laughs> mm, maybe I shouldn't have said such horrible things about. Yeah, maybe he women. shouldn't have. Maybe maybe it would be good if you uh, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> We are. In, in the words of that shitty DJ, you played yourself. Moving on. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was gonna keep 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 riffing on these social, on these uh fucking references, but I I'm resisting. Um, next one is so anyway. In the scene, Manny comes over as Ashley is trying to get Terry to join the club. Terry leaves. Manny comes over is like, hey, how should I set my hair? Should I do a middle part? Should I do a side part? And Emma's giving her feedback. And as they're talking about her hair. Craig curls up around Ashley, and Ashley notes how supportive Manny is of Emma's cause, um, and then Ashley quickly gets caught up in the boyfriend trap and gets pulled away by Craig. You know what would have been good if it was been to keep this scene and have Craig, like, comment on her appearance? Just, like, really start kind of, like, sowing those seeds of what would soon, what the cheating that would, to, would be to come. Yeah, I, um... I actually like this scene in general because I think that it reiterates how alone Emma is in this effort. Yeah. I, I honestly feel like it could have been kept. Yeah. I think it maybe you maybe maybe take out like little pieces of it, but I think ultimately it would have been a really good scene to keep into the episode to to further the tension, which will go to another like another deleted scene relating to the A plot. And I, I feel like if they kept these two scenes in, I think it would have made the episode the tension of the episode run a lot smoother yeah um so the next one is we can't be lame and it's the band of the boys discussing band titles um and spinner suggests ask liberty van zant (laughs) as their name and jimmy's like well it's free publicity I mean, it's not a ba- like. If I was gonna come up with a, like, if I was gonna do a band that sang songs about Degrassi, I'd name it "Ask Liberty Van Zandt." I hope somebody has a Degrassi, like you know, like there used to be the Harry Potter music scene. Like I hope there's like a Degrassi band. And what do you mean used to it. be? Is it still active? Yeah, it's very active. Is it really? Yeah. Huh. I mean, like it's a license to print money. Like Harry Potter is still super active, despite. Yeah, yes. Despite whatever J.K. Rowling's trying to do. <laughs> I wonder how many... I don't know. I it, I only knew it existed. It was one of those things where I was like, oh, here's like a human interest piece about Harry Potter music. And I'm like, that's cool. And like, that's about all that I... I... Harry and the Potters, Draco and the Malfoys, the Hermione Crookshank experience. That's a good name. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> like, all those bands are still together and still making music? Yeah. I mean, Harry and the Potters is brothers, so... And so they're kind of stuck together. Yeah. That's really delightful to know, actually. Thank you. Um, so hopefully there's a Degrassi band called Ask Liberty Van Zandt. Um, the next one, which I really wish they kept, which is called I Want to Protest. And Emma and Manny are kind of venting about stuff. Manny specifically venting about the dress code. And Manny suggests protesting against the dress code. And Emma is interesting because she suggests that you should only protest things that are important, basically. Um, And then when she talks about that, um, she's like, you know, like the environment. And Manny's response, which I think is the big thing, the big crux of a lot of the tension of this episode, and I wish they kept it, is Manny going, oh, so, like, it's only important if you care about it. Yeah. I, it, uh, it, it's just, like, one of these... 
I really feel like Degrassi, when they cut out these scenes like this, they're cutting out the cartilage of their episodes. Yeah. That would really... Because, like, there's been times where we like they just suddenly rocket to an extreme, and they start having a fight, and Donnie and I are just like, why are they fighting? What is going on? But if they left this scene in, I was like, okay, so we saw the tension build, and now it's kind of coming to a head. Yeah, it's perfect. Because it's like... It's also, I feel like, a discussion that is hard to manage with with this age group because it's like dress codes are a big issue but you as a teenager if you come from a very privileged background may not realize all of the racial socioeconomic politics of dress coding yeah and gender as well so yeah. like you're not going to you may dismiss dress code violations because it's like, oh, well, it's affecting you and that's why you care about it because you you just want to wear, like, nothing. And that's not the, that's that's not it. They, there's a lot more at play when it comes to dress code. Um, and, you know, it makes sense for a teenager like Emma, who has never been impacted by the dress code, who is privileged, to not have to think about those deeper implications and go, well, the environment. Which, once again... To be clear, if you remember in this episode, Emma's issues concerning the environment were about a company using rainforest wood for their toilet covers. Yep. So, not to say that that isn't a potential issue, but, you know, there's a lot of other things at play in terms of environmental issues. So, like... And it's just like, you know, I feel like as an activist, you don't get to pick and choose... Well, like... You should be there for everyone. Like, you know? I don't know if that makes any sense. It's it's complicated, I think. I think that you're, you need to be... It's a really difficult discussion that they don't really unpack in this episode, nor do I think this is necessarily the episode to do it. But it is really interesting in the sense of, like, when... Of timing, right? Because this was like, this has been historically a big discussion piece as well. Like, are there certain causes that have a timeline involved? Like, do, do you fight for this cause or this aspect of the cause now? Or do you fight for it later? And this is a topic that I think a lot of activists wrestle with. Yeah, but I but the thing is also, like, for this, at least, like, you... Emma could have just instructed Manny on how to make a protest. Right. And that's, that's just, all she had to do. Yeah, instead of just shitting on it. Right. And that's exactly it. It's like Emma could be like, hey, I don't have the time to organize a whole damn protest about this. But if you want to do it, this is what I understand to be what you need to do. Let's order some veggie burgers and I'll ha I'll give you like a things you need to. Yeah. And I'll give you a list of like a to do list. But as the scene establishes, Emma is incredibly selfish. Yeah. And. I, I feel like, you know, I always I always want to see this in, in the media, and I feel like whenever I want to see this, people just assume that I'm just being an asshole who, who just wants to see Emma, like, get hers. But I do feel like it's incredibly important within a context like this because it's like you are denying the pain of people around you period you see that your friend is impacted by this you see that your friend is getting targeted from this and you are willfully ignoring it yeah that's exactly it 
So I don't know. I really wish they they kept the scene because I think it was a it was a really useful scene for for the long scope of the episode. Yeah. So the next deleted scenes are from Pride. There's quite a few from Pride as well. Um, so the first one is kissing a guy. This is just a quick little scene, and it's um, when Spinner, Jimmy, and Marco are all like playing around with water guns on the beach. And Marco is kind of talking about, like, if, if it's different kissing guys, and then notices, and this is so cute to me, he's like, well, they got whiskers. <laughs> and I think that's so cute to be like, boys have whiskers. <laughs> and of course, he's like staring at Dylan while this is while he's talking about this. And Jimmy makes a crack. Um, any other fantasies you want to talk about? Right. Which I didn't. It might just be where I come from. I didn't find that, like, truly disparaging, but mostly because I feel like Jimmy meant it like, like, from what we saw Jimmy coming out of that episode and subsequent episodes, Jimmy's just like, oh, that's what you want to do, isn't it? Wink! (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like, I'm I'm here for it. (laughs) Like, well, I'm here, you know, to be your supportive friend. Yeah, at the end of the day, Jimmy is not the the issue in this episode. Yeah. Um, the next scene is called Yesterday Was For You, which is that Ellie is approaching Marco and says that yesterday was for him. Um, and we were, like, going to the beach, uh, breaking up. I assume it's referring to her saying to them that, saying to, the peer, to their peers that they had broken up. Yeah. Um, and he says, like, thanks, and just kind of, like, walks off. Marco, you're the best boy ever, but how dare you? I mean, <laughs> I feel like we talked a little bit about it in the episode where this is not the right thing to do, but he is losing a safety net. Yeah. And I understand why he's like, oh, about it. Yeah. It still doesn't make it right. Like, Ellie clearly was not comfortable with the arrangement, but this is a very tense time in Marco's life. Yeah. Um... Next one is called Marco Arrives, um, and this one is pretty whatever. It's Spitter talking about, like, what? I, I, I couldn't, I didn't care what what Spinner was talking about, because I just saw Marco being me out of the window, where right. he's just like, he's arrived, he's like, uh, maybe I shouldn't have come, and just, yeah. like, running his hand through his hair, all like, oh, I'm not sure about this, and then... He's spied by Hazel Spinner and Paige, and they knock on the window, and he has to be like, "Oh, I didn't see you there. I'm gonna come in now." Right, right. Like Spears is like thunk 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 on the window. Like if people saw me in my car, they'd be like, did he want to come here at all? Aww. Um. The next one is called "Don't Get It," and it's Marco at the bus stop. He's just kind of laid out, and Spinner approaches him. And Spinner says that he just doesn't get it. And Marco is just like, fine, don't get it, whatever. Like, he's just absolutely defeated. Yeah, I'm not just done with spinners. Just bullshit. Right. Um, and the next one is more than just gay. And in this one, Marco goes on the bus, Spinner joins him. Marco says, like, Marco just kind of rattles off some of Spinner's flaws and how he kind of looks past all of these flaws. Um, and Marco says that, like, you know, I'm more than just gay. And Spinner says, I know. And this scene, I think, could have been cleaned up a little bit, but I kind of like, I kind of like it if they kept it. Yeah, because it's like Marco trying to confront Spinner, 
in a way like the, the two of them had been at such odds throughout that episode that mm-hmm. like finally Mark like like they they've been building narratives against one another so finally like yeah at the end of the day it takes somebody to like kind of be the grown up and be like I'm going to just step up and talk to you first and you know in a perfect world it's Spinner realizing hey I've been really dumb but you know Spinner is now like the most mature person so it has to fall to Marco I also feel like in in certain way it can be read as the um how the we're just like you narrative kind of falls apart in execution yeah. in the sense of like Marco's like I'm more than just gay like I am like you like I'm a human being I have interests and flaws and things like that and Spinner saying I know acknowledges yes you're more than this but I don't care yeah. and I feel like that kind of gets at what a lot of homophobia is like because I think that you can explain to certain homophobes like you know I'm human I have these interests I have this job I have this life I have this family I have these friends but at the end of the day there is something about you that does not line up with what their expectations are and because of that that person now holds resentment towards you so I feel like I don't know if that was really the intent of the scene but I think it can be read that's how I read the scene and I think that if they put that in, it would have been probably a little controversial because it is, it's not the most optimistic type of message. Yeah. But I do think that it's a truth that I'll, I think if a lot of LGBTQ people were told, it could potentially save them from a lot of heartache. Next are the scenes from Gangsta Gangsta. Now, this one is interesting because it's called Sean Stealing. And the first part of it we've seen, which is Sean watching Towers, Alex, and Jay steal stuff, and Jay passes off some of the chocolate bars. But this he one... Gives, well, he gives him exactly one chocolate bar as hush money. Right. But my favorite thing is just, like, Towers walks by first, mm-hmm. and is just staring straight ahead. Alex walks by and is just clearly giving Sean a look with a capital L. And Thank then you, Alex. Jay stops, gives him a chocolate bar with a smile, and I'm just like, yeah. That, that for me, kind of sums all three of them up. <laughs> it really does. Um, and then what I find interesting, adding to the scene, is the fact that Sean goes to the vending machine and actually grabs some more stuff. Because that changes, I feel like, that changes the plot to me. Yeah. There's a difference between you witnessing something and you not telling and you witnessing something and then also taking. Yeah. I'm sure, like, I'm sure at the moment Sean did it because why not? Right. The machine's already broken. It's free, you know, free grabs. Right. But in the words of Terry Pratchett um, in the book Thud says, well, not Thud. Yeah, not Thud. Um, once you do something for the wrong reason, once you do something for a good reason, it becomes easier to find bad reasons to do things. Ooh. So. Yeah. No, but that's exactly it. And and I feel like, once again, that, that does cement his journey in a different light. Yeah. Um, the next is a lot in common. And in this one, Jay and Towers and Alex are walking through with Sean in the back. Um, and then Sean kind of pulls away from the group to approach Emma. Um, and 
Emma's like, what the fuck? You just fought with him. And he's like, no, we're cool, we're cool. We have a lot in common. And Emma makes a comment about how Jay steals cars. And Sean likes cars. Sean fixes cars and Jay steals them. Yes. And she's like, then she, like, backs it up. Like, Emma does what I call the Schrodinger's asshole. Um, (laughs) It's most, you'll mostly find it with white cis dudes. um, White straight cis dudes. um, Who, they'll say something offensive. And then judging them by your reaction to it, if you laugh, they'll keep going forward. Mm-hmm. If you look offended, oh, I was only joking. Yeah, I feel like Emma also embodies this. Yeah. So. So. Um. Next one is who's the girl? Which, this was my favorite. <laughs> Mine too. Which is Toby and JT talking about Jay. All that's the same as in the episode. Sean is looking at Alex, and he's like, "Who's that girl?" And JT is, what does JT say exactly at first? It was um, like, she is, like, she's the embodiment of bad news. Something along those lines. Oh, a walking, talking tower of bad news. That's what it is. And then a pause. And he goes, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> I never felt so close to JT in that moment. Say what you, okay, so here's the thing. Say what you will about JT. He has excellent taste in women. You know, when you really think about it. Paige, Alex, Miss Hasalakos, Liberty Van Zant. <laughs> like, ultimately, he has, yeah, no, he's, he's, and this was, like, Paige before the entity of Paige I don't like. Like, this was, mm-hmm. like, good Paige. Yeah. So, he liked Paige during the good Paige era, and Alex is great, and, yeah, no, I think, you know, it's really weird for, for someone who's such a fucking horn dog when it comes to, like, the girls he actually wants to date, I, I actually am like, yeah, no, those are good choices. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> so, next one is, these are from Should I Stay or Should I Go? Um, the first one is called You're In, which is Craig and Spinner are eating stuff on the curb as Ashley passes by and asks Craig to come over. Um, and, like, Craig's like, at seven? And she, like, doesn't even answer. She just walks off and she's like, okay! <laughs> um, and Spinner is just like, yo, dude, you're gonna get laid. You're gonna get mega laid. <laughs> And I never want to hear Spinner talk about sex ever again. <laughs> Spinner has become Grandpa since then to me. <laughs> what? What? Is it weird to hear your old man talk about sex? I had sex. <sighs> That's what it's like when Spinner's running his mouth. Um, <laughs> the next one is called Get Him Out. Um, JT and Toby are walking by with snacks, and Ashley is just like, okay, you gotta go now. Go away. Goodbye. Um, and JT's like, well, I can stay, because I'm friends with Paige. Fuck off, Toby. (laughs) Um, and instead of kicking Toby out, the doorbell rings, which is done by someone offstage going, ding dong. (laughs) Well, I didn't post. (laughs) I love it so much. Um, and they go to the gr- go to the door, they let two girls in, they're kind of clinging off of them, and as that's happening, Ashley and Craig are untangling lights, um, and she's just like, I really hope everyone gets out, like, at a certain time, and he's like, I'll make sure they get out at nine o'clock. So and- we have a two-hour party? Yes. I-, I really wish they answered the phone, they went answer the phone, answered the door, like, in Howl's Moving Castle, stand by. Right. Honestly, they they probably would. JT and Toby would do something like that. Fucking nerds. They are. 
Um, so the next one is This Isn't Paige's Party, which is more the focus on JT and Toby in this scene, in which they go, they are being told, you know, go upstairs, blah, 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 okay, JT says he's gonna stay, ha, 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 and then they open up the door, they're greeted by these very tall girls, which I mean, they're probably not that tall, but compared to these two, they are very tall, um, and the girls have gifts, and one of them is, like, this isn't Paige's party, is it? And they're like, yeah, it is! She'll get here soon! Come on in! And, like, just, like, usher them in. By the way, where's my voice-cracking episode, Degrassi? Right? Like, hey, Arnold had a whole episode about it. Where, where, where is your, where are you at? Right, come on, Degrassi. That, that should have been covered in, like, season one. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm involved in love. <laughs> And tell me during uh, Mother and Child reunion. Hi, I'm Toby. I just moved here. Um, to- Toby during Jag Little Pill. Hey, well, it's good to see you again. <laughs> oh boy, I truly appreciate the Degrassi cast actual teenagers. <laughs> Um, next is called I Need Her, and this is Craig being like, I'm dying! I need Ashley! And Marco's just like, do you actually need her, or do you just need to get laid? Can you just, like, answer me this? <laughs> Craig's like, no, I need her, Marco! And Marco's like, <laughs> Marco does the thing from, uh, Jack does from 30 Rock, like, why don't I have other friends? <laughs> Marco, it's because you came of age in the early aughts and unfortunately not all the people in your school were out yet and that's why you're stuck with everyone here um but that's it so far for the deleted scenes as i said there were a couple that i genuinely were like hey like this i would have liked to see in the episode yeah which is refreshing because i feel like especially like the season one ones i was like like okay this is why they were all deleted but a lot of these actually changed some of the context of it and, and honestly made the episode make more sense to me. Yeah. So I really wish that there were a couple that were kept in this one. Yeah. Um, so that's about it for us right now. Yep, that's about it. So if you want to talk to us about deleted scenes, about episodes, about anything, you can email us at ihopepod at gmail.com. Um, feel free to ask us any questions, ask us about guest appearances for season five because we're in the process of lining all that up. Um, or if you just, I don't know, want to send us some, some Degrassi memes. It's been a little while since someone's shown up some of their work. Um, you can also follow us on social media. We have a Facebook account, a Facebook group you can join called I Hope I Can Make It Through Podcast. We also have a, um, Twitter that you can follow at I Hope Pod. Um, hopefully this stuff will be way more active now that I am way more secure and knowledgeable in my new promotion. Thank you, everybody, for your support during that time. Um, So hopefully this stuff will be way more active. If you want to support the show, there's two major ways that you can do so, other than, of course, downloading and listening to us. Um, You can also uh, donate to our coffee account. Any money that we make will go to our tech upgrades, as well as compensating guests. Or you can also uh, send us a rating and or a review. As once we get 20, we are going to go back into the Degrassi archives and do some Degrassi High, Degrassi Junior High. Once we hit 30, we're going to do a plotline shuffle episode um, in which we actually try and make a plot based off of one of the pitches that we came up with. And then once we hit uh, once we hit 40 reviews, I am going to apparently be writing Jay Spinner fanfic because now now i understand after that one b plot 
Um, so those are some of the potential things that you can help, you can benefit from should you support us in that way. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, you can follow me on Twitter at DM is Unbreakable, which is of course Fire Emblem Central, but you can always shoot a tweet at me and I will gladly just start talking about Degrassi. Do not hesitate to reach out to talk to me about this show because apparently I have a lot of thoughts and while I talk about it literally weekly, sometimes my thoughts don't always make the cut, so feel free to give me a follow. I don't have, oh, I do have a Twitter, I barely use it. I have an Instagram, Sir I Would Challenge. Um, I have another podcast I do with my sister called Teen Girl Talk, where we discuss all kinds of teen media. This week we did a very short episode about Jumanji The Next Level, because uh, we recorded on my sister's lunch break and she had to leave for a meeting. Um, but uh, I also have my Wattpad, where I'm posting chapters to a, a manuscript I wrote years ago. If you want to check that out. Uh, yeah, so that's about it. And with that said, everybody, we hope we can make... Oh, whoa, whoa. Try it again. And with that said, everyone, we hope we can keep making it through and that you're going to be there with us. Until next week. Later. Bye. I keep on talking trash, but I never say anything. And the talking